This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, December 20th. Good morning. I'm Chuck Alley. Here's today's headlines. Feinstein breaks up water brawl. CDFA funds chlorpyrifos alternatives and landslide USMCA vote. Extraordinary bipartisan USMCA heads to Senate. The House 385-41 to 41 vote on the USMCA implementing bill may set a new paradigm for more bipartisan trade agreements. Take note, some 193 Democrats voted for USMCA along with 192 Republicans. By comparison, the House approved the original NAFTA back in 1993 by a margin of 234 to 200. NAFTA passed with 159 Democrats voting against and lopsided GOP support. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said USMCA has created, quote, a new template for trade negotiations. What's next? Well, Representative Kevin Brady, the top Republican on the Ways and Means Committee, tells AgriPulse he is super confident the Senate will move quickly in January on USMCA. The Texas lawmakers said they're ready to roll. Feinstein inserts holiday spirit into water fight. And a letter to both the Newsom administration and the Department of the Interior yesterday California Senator Dianne Feinstein urged the parties to, quote, make every effort to coordinate operations for Delta water flows. The battle over the new federal biological opinions has been escalating since Governor Newsom vowed to sue the federal agencies more than a month ago. Feinstein reminded both sides of the long-term impacts of a protracted disagreement and lengthy litigation that would be impeding progress on all fronts. She added that this will make it, quote, impossible to develop voluntary settlements and would not benefit environmental causes either. Westland's Water District General Manager Tom Birmingham sent his own letter to the Newsom administration last week. He also called it impossible to reach a voluntary agreement under a threat of litigation. After the SAC-B reported yesterday, the district was a bully that threatened to pull out of the talks Birmingham clarified that Westlands is still committed to the voluntary agreements. But he tweeted that it, quote, is incumbent on the state to quickly resolve with the federal agency's concerns it has with the proposed biological opinions. Restore the Delta's Barbara Berrigan Perea weighed in for conservation advocates calling Newsom's lawsuit a bluff. She said it seems Newsom, quote, is not fully committed to litigating against what she dubbed the Trump water plan. The Bureau of Reclamation separately released yesterday its final draft of an environmental impact report on the biological opinions for the proposed operations, which calls for more flexibility in managing for endangered species. CDFA invests $2 million into chlorpyrifos alternatives. CDFA awarded a million dollars yesterday for a UC Berkeley researcher to lead two demonstration projects on vine mealybugs. CDFA channeled the funding through a grant program used previously for encouraging sustainability practices. The department will have another million dollars available for a second round next year. The outreach projects will show wine grape growers how to control mealybugs using fewer pesticide inputs now that chlorpyrifos will soon be illegal to use. Remember, vine mealybugs are also a concern for the strict new regulations proposed on Telone or 13D. Representing table grapes, Jean-Marie Pelletier warned the Department of Pesticide Regulations in October that mealybug wreaks havoc on vines. She said the bugs overwinter in the soil, meaning a fumigant is needed before planting new vines. 
This also reduces potential exposure to other pesticides later, she added. Mealybugs are also an issue with citrus. European Union is setting new residue standards as well, which will render three or four fumigate products for mealybugs unusable. That according to Kevin Caffrey at BASF. CDFA also awarded $1.1 million last week for UC research to address other commodities left critically vulnerable without chlorpyrifos. CDFA's Integrated Pest Management Program prioritizes non-insecticide solutions for invasive species with the potential to enter California. The projects are specifically targeting avocado seed weevils, tomato leaf miners, and the Swede midge, which can devastate cabbage and other cold crops. A carbon farming restaurant tax gets USDA funding. The USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service awarded nearly $600,000 to an initiative for charging diners a carbon farming surcharge. Now remember, the nonprofit organization Perennial Farming partnered with the Air Resources Board in May to launch the Restore California program. It works by levying a 1% voluntary charge on diners at participating restaurants. The fund supports farmers in converting to CDFA healthy soils practices like cover cropping, which are touted for removing carbon from the atmosphere. NRCS awarded $12.5 million in total for conservation grants yesterday. It set more than $700,000 to the California Rice Commission for supporting migratory bird habitats and ricelands. Two multi-state projects also receive funding for research into water conservation and flood irrigation systems and technology for forecasting rainfall and evapotranspiration loss. EPA approves marone bio-hemp biopesticides. The U.S. EPA yesterday approved the first pesticides for application on industrial hemp fields. Growers will have nine biopesticides and one conventional pesticide in their toolkits. Marone Bio Innovations, based out of Davis, is the registrant for two of those biopesticide products. EPA also took a major step to allow continued use of atrazine herbicide on corn and other crops. You can read more on the story at agripulse.com. Congress acts to improve broadband maps. The Senate also has given full congressional approval to a bill that would change the way the Federal Communications Commission collects and disseminates broadband availability data for coverage maps, an effort already underway at the FCC. The Broadband Deployment Accuracy and Technology Act would also establish a process to verify accuracy of collected data. The House passed the bill earlier this week. In August, the FCC voted to create a new Digital Opportunity Data Collection Plan based on geospatial broadband coverage maps provided by fixed Internet service providers. Here's today's She Said It. While we face serious issues in the oil and agriculture industries in this state that need to be addressed, we do also want to thank the governor for visiting to highlight Kern County's innovative solutions for homeless veterans and families. That state Senate Republican leader Sharon Grove yesterday after Governor Newsom visited Bakersfield to discuss housing. This is the last edition of Daybreak for 2019. We'll resume publishing on January 6th. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, December 20th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Dalley.